Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. It's the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. I'm joined by Dave Somerville. Dave, how are you doing? Well, I finally recovered from a Super Bowl weekend. Um, might not have got any sleep whatsoever Sunday night, but, you know, we've reached the end. We're a year on the air. Life's good, man. We are indeed. It's it's been it's been pretty uh, pretty good. Fifty two weeks later, mm-hmm. here we are. Now we didn't have a podcast pre Super Bowl uh, due to mm-hmm. a variety of reasons, not least of being uh, the wind was so strong here that my house was literally <laughs> shaking, and I like I tried turning the microphone on, and all you could hear was this awful rumble as it sounded like the roof was about to come off the building. So. Mm. For that, uh, amongst other reasons, we did not actually have uh, a preview episode. We'd had our, our main preview, the big episode 50, of course, with Tim and Callum and Jake and yourself, um, but we didn't have one. So, I suppose we should talk about the Super Bowl. Um, and it turns out, the Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs, meeting in the biggest of big games, the absolute culmination of all that has gone before through the 2022 season, and the Chiefs come away with a 38-35 to 35 victory to be crowned Super Bowl champions for the third time in the franchise history, uh, the second time in the Patrick Mahomes era, so the second time in just uh, four years for the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a close-fought game, and it was backwards and forwards. I loved it. Everyone I spoke to loved it. Dave, what did you make of the Super Bowl? I mean... I'm not, I'm not going to get anything away from the Chiefs. I loved 90% of the game. It was a brilliant game, but I, I did not appreciate the last 10% of the game. Uh, you know, there was a few, a few question marks about some of the things that went on, but, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better Super Bowl. You know, sh- it was a shootout, and that's what we wanted to see. Uh, it was you know, 24-14 at halftime. Mahomes, you know, uh, got taken down and was hobbling close to the half, but... Extended halftime with a halftime show. Rihanna obviously using it uh, to announce her second baby. Um, and yeah, it, it was a good halftime show. It was decent enough, but it was pretty, it was still underwhelming uh, compared to last year. But I think, uh, you know, last year was just epic. You know, Eminem, Dr. Dre, 50, Snoop, they, they, they're, they're just the OGs of hip hop completely. So uh, Rihanna was always going to find it tough. But back to the game, Patrick Mahomes comes out in the second half and on not one drive in the second half do the Chiefs not score on. That's, that's epic. You, you, that just doesn't happen, especially in the Super Bowl. That's amazing. And what a game. Shootout. You score, I score. You score, I score. It was just I, I, some amazing plays as well. You can see why both of them deserve to be in the Super Bowl. Um and, you know, when it comes down to it, if you look at the entire game, there is one mistake from either from one quarterback in the game that might have kind of defined it. And that was Jalen Hurts fumbling it and the Chiefs returning it for six. So, I, I mean, Jalen Hurts did everything except from that and deserved to win. But Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes for a reason. And he's just put another kind of rung on the ladder to being crowned the greatest of all time. I, I truly believe that. If he's not already the greatest of all time, then he's just starting to cement his place. I, uh, there, there's so many talking points in it as well, though. 
you you couldn't ask for a better game. But I want to hear your um, your opinion on something though, because what what I was talking about when I said I enjoyed ninety percent of the game, there were two things that happened. Uh, say say in the last part of the fourth quarter. So the first one would be a questionable holding call on James Bradbury. Um, so I, I would ask you on that, but also, do you agree with... I, I, I don't like seeing the tactics that the Chiefs went... Obviously, you know, if you're a Chiefs fan, you want them to do that. You want them to run down the clock. You want them to you know clock manage in the best possible way. From a neutral point of view, it was very disappointing. But I think the Eagles put themselves in that position with that holding call. So I want to hear what you think on that. So before we talk about the game... Mm-hmm. Um, Rihanna's halftime show. I was very disappointed. I'm a I'm a big I'm a big Rihanna fan. I love Rihanna. Yes, so so do I. Yeah, that was arguably the most boring halftime show I've ever seen. It wasn't. It wasn't that it was terrible. You know, it wasn't like the Black Eyed Peas. No, It, it wasn't the Disney salute to something. In Super Bowl 25, I can't remember what that was. It was, was, it was under, underwhelming. Underwhelming. It barely covers it. That was the most boring, banal halftime show I have ever seen. Hopefully, I ever will see. It was garbage. And and I love Rihanna. But that was mm-hmm. just, that was that was rubbish. I'm, I'm sorry. It was, it was terrible. Now, the game. Uh, the holding call wasn't questionable because he held him. It's a flag. They, that's that's it. Get over it. As far as I'm concerned, Philly <laughs> fans. If if they hadn't thrown the flag, Kansas City Chiefs fans would have been up in arms, rightly so, because it was a hold. He held him. That's it. They threw the flag. So, um, I and you, you can any way you dress it up. And and someone had said, oh, you know, you shouldn't let the refs decide the game. The refs didn't mm. decide the game. They threw a flag when a flag should have been thrown. That's that's on the Eagles. James Bradbury held someone and got flagged for it. Oh, well, James um, Bradbury admitted it. Well, yeah, because he did. He knew that he was he held someone, and mm-hmm. uh, he got caught. And he was like, you know, I wish I hadn't been caught. Well, yeah, but you were, and that's why the now. I'm not going to say that's why the Eagles lost the game, because yeah. we don't know because the Eagles did nothing in that second half. Mm-hmm. They could have if they had four minutes, they might not have gone down and scored. They might not. I'm not saying they wouldn't. But they might not. So we don't know that that is why they lost the game. However, um, it did give the Chiefs a new set of downs. They were able to run the clock out. An absolutely incredible job of Derek McKinnon of not scoring. That's exactly I was going to bring that up line. later. Yeah. Uh, he could have done. Could have had the glory. I scored a, 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 what you might consider the, the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl or the, the possible winning touchdown in the Super Bowl, but he didn't. He did the right thing for the team and he sat down on the one-yard line. They were able to drain the clock out, kick the ball. All of that aside, the final throw by Jalen Hurts. What was that? That he made sure. it, that, that didn't. Yeah. It didn't even go 40 yards, did it? I like think it, it yeah, barely made for yeah, barely made forty yards. Yeah, yeah. It, it fell at like incomplete at about the twenty-five yard line. You're thinking, what was that? Um, you, he had no pressure. He had all the time in the world to step up to, to, to receive as a time to get into the end zone, throw the ball as deep as you can, and he. I whatever happened, I'm not going to speculate because I don't know whether the ball sort of slipped out of his hand or whatever. 
Um, it was a terrible throw by Hurts at the end there. Chiefs deserved to win the game. Now, the Eagles had a chance after chance to put the Chiefs away, and they didn't do it. You look at the time of possession in this game. The Eagles had so much more time of possession. And when Mahomes went down in that second quarter, as you were saying, I thought, this is it. The Eagles are going to storm this one. They had a 10-point lead at the half. Mm-hmm. They became just the second team to blow a 10-point or more halftime lead. The others being the... Uh, unfortunate Atlanta Falcons in that <laughs> gate, that, that particular Super Bowl, which we won't we won't talk about. We we don't need to go into that. No. Don't need to go into that. Um, they're the only other team to blow a halftime lead, a double digit halftime lead. So uh-huh. the Eagles did that. Whatever adjustments Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Patrick Mahomes made coming out of halftime worked because they they couldn't really do much in the first half the the opening drives were nice eagles went down scored a touchdown chiefs went down scored a touchdown and i was like here we go harrison butker did miss a field goal raging about that yeah doink yeah absolutely raging about that Hmm. but that's by the by um (laughs) (laughs) and i think a lot of people know why everyone was really annoyed that he missed that kick um, yes. But he redeemed himself with the final kick of the game. And as I say, when the Chiefs came out in that second half, they scored on every single drive. They were averaging, Amazing. they yeah. were averaging, uh, a, I think it was a point of play in that second half. That's, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's and they needed ridiculous. it though. They did need it, but they did it. You know, they came out and, and they were like, we need to do something. And they did it. And that's, that shows a championship team caliber. Do you, do you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it shows the, the, the guts they had to go for some of these plays, uh, some of the play calls that they did. Mahomes played lights out in that second half. And I know people look at, the, look at their box score and they look at the yards thrown. Mahomes didn't throw for a ton of yards. He didn't need to, but the no, two exactly. the two plays that they drew up uh, on the goal line, essentially, for the two wide open touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes, um, to one to Sky Moore and the other to the gentleman whose name I've forgotten. Was it um, one of the running backs? Was it not Tony? Uh, oh, it was a Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Uh, so, to, and they were wide open. Whatever mm-hmm. they did, whatever that play call was, just unbelievable. It was it was fantastic play calling and perfect execution. Two other things we need to talk about. Kadarius Tony with the longest punt return in Super Bowl history, 65 mm-hmm. yards. 65 really yards. It was fantastic to watch. It was a, a serpentine odyssey. <laughs> like like some of the, the great kick returners we've seen. Um it, it was just it was amazing. And and just a, a quick quick side note to that one. The New York Giants had a big effect on this Super Bowl. It did. Trading yes. Kadarius Tony to the Kansas City Chiefs and James Bradbury to the Philadelphia Eagles. They had a big effect on this one. <laughs> just just yeah. saying. Just saying. Um now the other thing that I was the entire game watching the entire game and I know you would have probably brought this up anyway I will preempt it for you the turf what <laughs> was going on with that turf it was 
awful. Players were slipping Slim, and yeah. sliding all over the place, including um, the Eagles kicker, whose name I have forgotten. Apologies there. Is he it slipped Sanders? On, no. on, um, uh, uh, was it Sanders? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, he he yeah. slipped on one of the kickoffs. Because, now, we know we're in the Super Bowl. Everyone mm-hmm. in the stadium knows it's the Super Bowl. Anybody who's watching it knows uh, this is the Super Bowl. So why Jake they Elliott have, is, by the way. Yeah, Jake why, Elliott is. Sorry. Yeah, Jake Elliott, <laughs> beg your pardon. <laughs> yes, yes. Why they, have, why they have these massive, huge painted signs with the Super Bowl mm-hmm. logo on, on each side of the field and, and the extra large NFL logo in the middle. I know you want to make it a spectacle. I get that. But for goodness sakes, can you maybe paint the turf more than 10 minutes before kickoff? Because yeah. it just looked like they were literally on wet paint. It was sliding everywhere. It was awful. There was some, some really, really bad slips. And a couple of times where it looked like people, uh, in fact, Jake Elliott looked like he'd gone over his ankle when mm-hmm. he slipped. I mean, that could have been really dangerous. People could have been seriously, seriously injured in this game. Well, Luckily, do you remember... Um Sorry, I was just going to say, but uh, when Pacheco uh, ran in and then he slipped on the on the logo yeah. in the end zone, in the that, end zone. Ha- that that could have been his entire game done. There, you know, there then if he had gone over his ankle, that it's just it makes no sense. I, the only thing I can think the reasoning why is because they want to get the they want to have something on the turf, uh, in you know, in the kind of center because obviously they've got all that rubbish for the halftime show coming on and coming off kind of thing um and you know they, they don't want to damage the surface so i i, I think it, it if that is the reasoning it's a bit of a poor excuse because basically the, the game comes first doesn't matter about the the halftime show the game comes first and if that is anything to do with the reason they need to sort it straight away and like you said they need to paint it a lot I, i'm pretty sure it's probably only something like 24 hours at the very most that they paint it and then you know it's kind of supposed to be ready to go but it was yeah you, ha- you have Enzo- to think why why, why only 24 hours yeah uh, it's, you know? it's give it it's give dumb. it 72 it's not like the grass is going to grow that much it's, it's, it's just dumb <laughs> it was so so stupid um mm-hmm. uh, another thing i'd like to mention and uh, not involved in the game the national anthem what a great performance uh, that was well that's one of the best oh, I'm going to have to disagree on that. You didn't like it? I thought, I thought, <laughs> I it, was, d- I I thought it was it. absolutely fantastic. No. That's one of the best we've had in a long time. A long time. No. With all due deference to Christine Aguilera, forgetting the words <laughs> a few years ago. Uh, it was, it, But all in all, do you know what? It was a great game. Uh, worthy of a Super Bowl. The two top seeds was. in the league proved that they were the two top teams in the league. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... If Kansas City had played anyone else, they would have won. I think if Philadelphia had played anyone else, they would have won. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I, I agree so, with that, yeah. Um, I think the Eagles pretty much just ran into a bit of a juggernaut on the day uh, in that second half. But they, they had the chance in the first half to to put the Chiefs away. They didn't do it. And um, the Chiefs came back and won. Patrick Mahomes has his second ring. Um, Andy Reid has his third I think that's his third ring he's, he's got. Yeah, third, yeah. Second as a head coach. Uh, yeah, did he did he not get one with the Packers? Was he not the quarterback's coach for Aaron Rodgers when they went to the Super Bowl? Very possible. 
I think yeah. he was. I think he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely in, in Aidan Rodgers' best years, um, and Andy Reid was there. And he's, he's proved that he's a, a great coach. I did see something on Twitter, um, which made me made me laugh. And someone had uh, said, uh, w- this being Andy Reid's second win as a head coach, third ring over to, overall, do we consider him to be a top five coach of all time? Now, ooh, ooh. Yeah, exactly. Now, the first thing I'm thinking is, no. <laughs> you know, again, all due respect to Andy Reid, got a bit of a way to go to pass guys like um, Bill Walsh, Chuck Noll, you know, George Hallas, Vince Lombardi, <laughs> Bill Belichick. Well, the reason, yeah. reason I didn't mention Bill Belichick is because somebody else in the comments mentioned Bill Belichick. And what they said was, I'd put him ahead of Belichick because Belichick benefited from having Brady all those years. Your silence silence tells me everything I need to know there. No, I I don't. I think that you take Brady out uh, and you get a a quarterback, say, for example, Jimmy Garoppolo. I I think they could have achieved both. They could have achieved exactly what they did with someone like Jimmy G. Of course they could. They could. Because of Belichick. I'll, I'll, so, I'm going to give you another. I'm going to give you another uh, a stat here, a bonus random stat. Oh, okay. Which you're going to like? Um, Joe Montana, who many mm-hmm. people consider to be the greatest. Well, he is the greatest Super Bowl quarterback of all time. Yeah, yes. Uh, and you could argue it's the greatest postseason quarterback of all time. His numbers in the postseason are ridiculous, except when he played the New York Giants, and he went zero three against New York Giants. I will give you one guess who the defensive coordinator was in those three losses that <laughs> Joe Montana had against the New York Giants. It wouldn't happen to be Bill Belichick. It was Bill Belichick. <laughs> yes. Bill Belichick, oh. you know, I mean, yes, he is the greatest head coach of all time. That's that's without question. Um, you, you could argue he's also the greatest defensive coordinator of all time. I mean, you really could. I mean, the man's just—he's done it all. But I saw this—this mm-hmm. uh, this thing about Andy Reid uh, being, you know, is he top five? And I was like, he's—he's he's not. Pump the brakes a little bit there, just to just you know calm down on 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 the. I'm not going to call it hype because you know he's won three Super Bowls. It's not like you're hyping mm-hmm. him up, but a bit of a way to go to uh, be in the same ballpark as guys like Chuck Noll and Vince Lombardi and Bill Belichick. Guys like that, you know. Uh, now, so what I wanted to ask you, Dave, was who is your top five head coaches of all time? It had me thinking, oh. and I want you, I'll give you a minute. You don't have to answer straight away, but I want you to think about the top five head coaches of all time. All right. Now, uh, a couple of other things that we're going to talk about. Obviously, Super Bowl's now done. We're going to be looking forward to the draft. Because the draft's mm-hmm. coming up. And pre-, pre that, we've got the combine coming up. So it's we've got loads of stuff to look forward to. And I, for one, cannot wait. But it is now seven months till the kickoff of the 2023 NFL season. And it's the longest seven months of all time. As we know, off-season is just horrendous. It just lasts for years. Um, but before, uh, before we do talk about that, your Los Angeles Rams, going forward... Obviously, uh-huh. you know there's a couple of uh, big free agency names coming up, uh, oh, yeah. but you've got guys coming back from injury. So, wh- what kind of thing are you looking for for your Los Angeles Rams 
in the draft. Do you think they stick with Stafford? Uh, you've got Cup coming back, so that'll be a huge boost for the team. Do you think perhaps they look at the draft? Where where would you be drafting first for the Los Angeles Rams? Where would you or would oh. you would you rather go for free agency? Oh, um, I mean for for the draft, I would focus primarily on the offensive line. I, I it just it, I mean, how many times do I mention it all year? The offensive line suffered again and again and again. It, you know, the injuries we had for the offensive line were ridiculously bad. But the offensive line is where I want to go for the draft, and then other needs is where I want to go for free agency. So, so you're looking at um, maybe a, a cornerback, um, maybe uh, an our defensive back. Um, we, we were a bit short on the edge. I think we didn't really recover from Von Miller leaving us. Um, we didn't have uh, enough. Um, we we didn't yeah. pressure enough from the edge uh, on defense uh, on offense. Aside from the O-line, um, I still think I'd like to see Cam Akers move on. I, I, it's, he's not... He, he did well. When he came back, he did well, mm-hmm. but maybe not well enough. Um, and I, if we go for a late-round um, quarterback, maybe to try to learn under Stafford, because um, John Walford and Bryce Perkins as backup to uh, Stafford is just... They're, they're just not good enough. Neither of them are... We're not going to be able to hold on to Baker. I think Baker will go elsewhere because he will demand he will be demanding a chunk more money, um, and we don't have that much cap space if we have any at all. So we need some. We we need a kind of young quarterback maybe to come in there and mm. that, we'll, we'll fi- find our own Brock Purdy. I'd be I'd be quite happy with that. Quite quite right. Quite right. Now now the other thing you mentioned Baker Mayfield there, so mm. he's a free agent at the, at the end of this year. Yes. Yeah. Um, now Derek Carr. For those who don't know yet, um, has refused to be traded from the Las Vegas Raiders. He's actually been released today. Oh, was it today? Ah, see, I it didn't. Was I didn't, today. I didn't he's been released. That, so yes, he's, he's, he's been, been released. released. So they yes. were going to trade him, and he refused mm-hmm. to be traded because, well, it basically out of spite, I reckon. He just thought, Do you know yes, what? But he also, you, well, that's what happens when you offer a player uh, or you agree to give a, a player a no trade clause. They have the option. Yeah. So, and and, and yeah. I think the, the way they've treated Derek Carr, um, he's quite right. He's like, no, yeah. why, why would I? Why would I want to help your franchise? You've literally given up on me. You've given mm-hmm. up on me. Um, I've still got lots to give. Um, I think a place we might see Derek Carr. I don't know if you agree with me. Uh, might be Tennessee. I have seen trade rumors about Ryan Tannehill, and now I am not Ryan Tannehill's biggest fan. I'm not. I'm not Ryan Tannehill fan at all. No, I. Um, I, I, <laughs> I. I just. I don't. I. I don't see him as a franchise quarterback whatsoever. Carr, I do, and that would that would not be bad for Tennessee at all. The only thing I would say about that though is that tennis with Derrick Henry in the backfield. I don't think they need to pay out the big bucks for a quarterback because I think if they, I mean, they could even sign Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G would be amazing for the Titans. I, mean, they, I, I think they do have perfect the, the, fit. They do have the young guy there um, whose name I've forgotten. Oh, Malik Willis. Oh, he, he was. He had a horrible first year, though, did he Malik did, Willis. He did, but then, you know, so did uh, Justin Fields. So did yeah. Trevor Lawrence. 
I, so they're, they're many, not many people. Well, yes, but I don't. Malik Willis is nowhere near kind of starter ready. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying he's as good as Trevor Lawrence. Like, I'm, let's clear that up just now. Trevor Lawrence yeah, is yeah. A, a special talent. Uh, he showed that this year, and he he showed that it was all down to the awful situation he was in in Jacksonville. Um, but yeah, Malik Willis. I I, I don't know about Malik Willis. I've not seen enough to be convinced what he is yet, but mm-hmm. they, they might roll with the young guy. They might. But do you do you think they'd do you think they'd go for a for a veteran? Replace Tannehill? Yes. I, or or yeah, not necessarily a veteran, but you know, someone who's been in the league long enough um uh, to to that that's proved that they can be a starting quarterback. I, I think, I think that to, would be classed as a they veteran. They have to. Is that not the the definition of a veteran? Someone who's been in the league for a while. Well, would you consider Baker Mayfield a veteran? Um, Well, what's he coming into now? I think he's like 26, 27. Yeah, 26, 27. Is this his his fifth season? Five years. Yeah, that's a five five year veteran. Yeah, Yeah, I would say that. Um, Or or would you you consider more people have had the full playing time? over the years to be a veteran like yeah. obviously if, if you if you've been a five-year backup you might be a veteran backup but you're not a veteran quarterback if if that makes sense yeah like a chad henny kind of guy that, yeah, chad, that yeah. that's a veteran backup guy but I, I i think their best option would be to go for someone like jimmy garoppolo because he's not gonna he's not gonna cost you the bank like Tannehill's Tannehill's got one of the worst cap penalties in the league if not the worst so does he? You know that I he's one he's massive salary, Oof. massive salary. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you kind of have to wonder why. No, no. If you're listening, then you of know. Of course, he's listening. There's something oh, else. Yeah, there's to nothing do. else for him to do. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Ryan, you know, again, all due respect, uh, but why does he have such a massive cap hit? You know, what's what's he done to earn that cap hit? Is is I, I, think I what struggle. I'm at here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I still don't know. But yeah, I just say you know all that four seconds that I took to think about it. I still don't know. So, um, so yeah, uh, t- t- I don't. I don't see. Uh, I think if the Titans want to move on from Tannehill, it would be a good decision. Nicely put, Dave. Thank you very much. Now I'm going to bring you back to my question. I don't know if you've any time oh, yeah. to think about oh, it. Top, top five. So, top I've, five. I've been thinking a little head bit. coaches. Yeah. Who have you got? Would you like me to give you my top five, and then you can? Well, yeah, you go, go for yours, and then because I, I'm off the, because I've been I, I haven't got my phone uh, looking at the head coaches, um, but I've been trying to think off the top of my head of five that I yeah, just, either know of or I've I, seen. I, yeah, I, I'm not holding you to this, so don't worry about it. Okay. It's really just you okay. know off the top of your head. So number yeah, one, yeah. Okay, number okay. one, I'm putting Bill Belichick. Okay, I, yeah, I can't we're, we're argue with that. I cannot argue no. with that. Um, I've said it time and time again. Um, he's the best coach are working with uh, what little he's had to work with and has made uh, umpteen players who, who, who are let's be honest average players play way beyond what they should be be capable of perform mm-hmm. the ways they can never do and I and I've said this before and I'll say it again if, if Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots had been able to draft Peyton Manning they'd probably have won 10 straight Super Bowls yeah, and they're still I mean, going. I think they would know. still be going. Yeah. So, um, Bill Belichick is is number one uh, overall for me now. Number two, um, I'm putting in Bill Walsh. Ooh. Because 
he well, uh, uh, yeah, he, he was he was the 49ers head coach in that, the 80s, wasn't he? That's right. Um and yes. he took what other people had done, guys like Mouse Davis and that with the, the run and shoot offense and turned it into the West Coast offense, which is the mm-hmm. offense that we all know and despise if you're defending against it. <laughs> yes. uh, he drafted and traded probably better than anyone. Uh, now, a lot of people will, will look at the Bill Walsh era, 49ers, and say, okay, right, I'd be the best team ever assembled, 1989 49ers. And then they'll say something like, well, there was no cap back then, which is true. But there was no cap for anyone back then. Uh-huh. And the 49ers were not the richest team in the league. So throw that excuse in the bin. Can't use it. Um, he just he was able to get the best out of some very average players. Don't get me wrong. He also had, I mean, that those teams are now stacked with Hall of Famers. Yes. You know, guys like Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and, um, you know, Ronnie Lott. Fantastic. But, you know, he, he won championships when Jerry Rice wasn't there. When Ronnie Lott wasn't right, there. Yeah. You know, they, they won these uh, Super Bowls. Um, so he's number two for me. Number number uh, three, um, I, I find it difficult not to put Chuck Noll of the Steelers in at number three. Four Super Bowl victories in six years in the 70s. And it's not like there weren't other good teams in the 70s. The Dolphins of the 70s were exceptional. The Dallas Cowboys of the 70s were exceptional. Um, the Vikings of the 70s were a great team. But the Pittsburgh Steelers won four Super Bowls in six years um, mm-hmm. through Chuck Noll uh, and primarily that defense that he put together. Uh, some good offensive players, Lynn Swan, Franco Harris, Terry Bradshaw. Oh, I'm going to come back to Teddy Bradshaw. By the way, I will come back to him. So okay. re- remind me, because I'll forget. Yes. So I've got Chuck Noll at number three. Mm-hmm. Um, now, number four is very difficult for me because we're going back to uh, a time that I know virtually nothing about, uh, which was the, the 1960s. And I'm taking Vince Lombardi. I was about to say, he was going to be my number two. Right. Okay, so I, b- the reason being... Um, that I just don't know enough about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, I've never ever seen a single game Vince Lombardi's Packers have played. Uh, I know that they are out there. I know they're available, but I've never seen a single game. I've only seen um, highlights. Uh, and again, given the 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 way those teams performed, it's it's hard not to p- pick Vince Lombardi. But I can't put him uh, in like ahead of Bill Walsh or Chuck Noll, you know, just yet, because we're talking pre-Super Bowl era, and it's very, Mm -hmm. very difficult for me to do that. And number five, for me, pure bias, because it is pure bias, Mike Shanahan. And, (laughs) And I'll tell you why Mike Shanahan, now I know a lot of people will disagree with me, but I'll tell you why. The Shanahan coaching tree I knew that was coming. The legacy. The legacy legacy. that he has left on this league. And Mike Shanahan hasn't coached in a long time. Um, Is only comparable to the Bill Belichick coaching tree. And in fact, you could argue it's more impressive because he stopped coaching years and years and years ago. But the legacy lives on and the offensive schemes that he was able to do to to, um, make his teams win just 
unbelievable. And why he's not on the Hall of Fame is a crime. It's just, and yeah. every year, because they announce the Hall of Fame, no Mike Shanahan, and they're talking about other coaches getting into the Hall of Fame, and I'm like, well, hang on a second. You're putting a coach in who never even made a Super Bowl, never mind won one. Shanahan's got, what, four rings? Two as a head coach? And yeah, two reinvented the, coach, yeah. the running game. I mean, come on. Get the guy in the Hall of Fame. Now, Terry Bradshaw. Getting back to Terry Bradshaw here. Um, so you watched the Super Bowl. Did. And then after the Super Bowl, they, they have the, the the presentation of the Lombardi Trophy. Yep, wheeled out Terry Bradshaw. Wheeled out Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> who proceeds to just stand there and insult Andy Reid for like three minutes straight. <laughs> I'm thinking, why is he there? He says, you know, come on, fatty, waddle over here. What? Excuse me? And then says, you're going to retire because you're so old now. Hey, you're older than Andy Reid and mm -hmm. not much slimmer. So, you know, can it, Bradshaw? You were a great quarterback in your day, but he, do you know something? I'll tell you something about Terry Bradshaw. So, uh, like, like Chuck Noll, he, he was quarterback, four Super Bowls mm -hmm. in six years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Bradshaw played well in those Super Bowls. He was a good quarterback, a very mm -hmm. good quarterback. But he's not one of the best of all time. No. He's, he's just not, okay? But you know what else he excels in? Really bad takes. He's like one of the worst analysts ever. It's horrendous how often he's wrong and how bad he is. And every time he says something, it's just like, what are you on? It's, I mean, really, Terry Bradshaw hasn't got a clue. They should just wheel him away again and just like leave him somewhere in a nice field where he can enjoy it and just never speak with the NFL again. It's just, you're thinking, well, hang on a second. Super Bowl winning, Andy Reid should have punched him out on live television for seeing that time. He should have done. Absolutely should. You know? And a Will, Will Smith-esque Oh, uh, well, I don't know about that. that. I don't know about that. Well, well, that, well, that, well I, no. I mean, he slapped him, but, he, you know... If, no, if but yeah, but that, that looked him, very staged to me. It, it did. It wasn't, but it did. Yeah, but if I'm Andy Reid, I'm, I'm knocking Teddy Bradshaw out. Boom. Who are you calling old, yeah, old person? <laughs> Person, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, saving the bleep machine. Don't need to use that. Uh, anyway, yeah. Dave, right. So sorry, sorry. Uh, I will let you go now. No, no, it's oh, it's very. Uh, what I was going to say, it's very difficult to argue against anyone that you said. So I'll, I'll throw a couple names that came to my mind, uh, and you know, we can openly discuss uh, whether they should be in the top five or not. Okay. Now, first of all, one that springs to mind is John Madden. Because of, course. of, of, yes. of what, what he did with Oakland, mm -hmm. you know, and it, I think if I'm, if I'm right in my memory, I think it was a 76% win record. He has a, um, the best winning percentage of yeah. any coach ever. And yeah. he, yeah. And I think we, I, I did him on a random stat before and yeah, I, I think he, he's one of the best because he, you know, not only he's another one with a different kind of legacy because his legacy carries on to this generation, not just of head coaches, but of, you know, the Madden franchise game. His name is going to, is literally like immortalized. Is that the, is that yeah, the word I'm yeah, looking it's been for? It's, it's, the, it's yeah. exactly. Yeah. And you know that it's another legacy. It's just going to keep going. And, you know, he was a fantastic man management uh, head coach as well. Um, 
to just put that on, you know, on top of it, all his accolades. So I think he's got to be in the discussion from uh, from my point of view. I, I think he's, oh, he's abs- up no, there. No, no disagreement there. No disagreement. Madden, uh-huh. one of the best of all time. The other one that I was thinking, and you, you're talking closer to the modern day, was Bill Parcells. Again, no argument. Wonderful. I think it, longevity as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think it was, was it one or two Super Bowls they won? He won, he won two Super Bowls with the two Giants. Two Super Bowls. Uh, Super yeah. Bowl 21, Super Bowl 25. 25, right, yeah. Because I think he was, you know, he, he was a Patriots head coach at one point I think before Belichick wasn't he he was yes Belichick was his coordinator yeah and not that uh, not even that long ago he was he was at the Cowboys maybe in the 2000s also correct yes I I, I don't know where he was in between um but I I want to say he did a stint with the Jets I reckon he was at the Jets I have I've got this funny feeling which is weird because he was with the Giants you know Mm mm-hmm um but yeah, I, th- I think he would be he would be a pretty good candidate. The other one was I, I think we might mention him on a random stat before was Don Shula. Of course, because yeah. he was at the Dolphins for what, See, two decades. Yeah. It's it, it's it's hard uh, doing any kind of top five to yeah. leave people out. Now, I, I, Bill Parcells, you're absolutely right. Don Shula, my goodness, if you'd said Tom Landry, yeah, I, it's. When you're doing a top five, it's you've got to leave someone out, the, mm-hmm. and, and the problem is you're leaving it. So Don Shula, yeah, one of one of the one of the greatest of all time. Um, I think Bill Belichick passed him this year as the winningest coach. Is that correct? Oh, did he? I I, I couldn't tell you. Think he did. You. Think he did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very, and Tom yeah, Landry coached the the Cowboys for twenty nine years in a row. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean that, that that's impressive in itself. But yeah, I mean, I mean, just I, when when you were telling me to think, I, I was thinking uh, Belichick one, Lombardi two, and the rest are just open open season. You know, you, you can make an argument for every single one that we mentioned. And um, another one that I I had I was tempted to go for and didn't was Joe Gibbs, um, of the, the, the Washington Washington, Washington teams. Yeah. Yes, three Super Bowls he won with them, and he won with. Uh, Joe Theismann at quarterback. He won with Doug Williams at quarterback. Never forget that. And he won <laughs> with Mark Rippon at quarterback. I'm still reading about Doug Williams. Um, and he won with <laughs> Mark Rippon. You know, three he, Super he Bowls. Lo- yeah, they won three Super Bowls. Um, um, uh, there was also, we lost one Super Bowl as well. Uh, to the uh, Raiders. Super Raiders, that's what it was. Super 18, I'm going to say. 1983 season. Entirely exact one. Yep, mm. that's right. And uh, Marcus Allen uh, had that big long run and he uh, got the MVP for that one. So that was the 1983 mm. season, yeah. Super Bowl 18. Yeah, I mean, see, when we're going through the list, uh, you know, we're, 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 talking, we're talking about all the coaches that have done amazing through the years um that's why i would say andy reed is not top five i think andy reed is no. top 10 or at least in the discussion for top 10 i think see, I, I think even even top 10 i think is pushing it i think it's pushing it because in order to be top 10 you're still pushing out guys like don shula and, and tom landry you know mm. there's not enough room 
for for everyone unfortunately and that's 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 what you're up against when you're doing a top five top ten of course i get it uh so for now andy maybe on the cusp of top ten maybe mm-hmm. maybe on the cusp of top ten um but i think if he wins another one then you, you've got to start uh, uh, seriously yes. thinking yeah. about it that would be his fourth ring three as a head coach and then you've got to start seriously thinking about where where does he sit in the legacy of the greatest coaches of all time and uh, now people are already banging on about patrick mahomes where does he stand in the greatest quarterbacks of all time we've done that to death we don't need to talk mm-hmm. about it um i would like to talk about jalen hurts for a moment because uh-huh. you know there were two teams in the Super Bowl, and the Philadelphia yes. Eagles played some fantastic football. Um, Jalen Hurts, I want you to give me your sort of end of season review of Jalen Hurts because when he was healthy with the Eagles, obviously he did miss a couple of games with them uh, through injury. Um, he was sensational all year. Uh, so, what's your sort uh-huh. of end of season review of Jalen Hurts? I am so impressed with Jalen Hurts. And do you know, I looking through the stats um, of the of the game, I was looking to them earlier today. Now, what I noticed, uh, now, uh, well, uh, two things. Two things. I'll, I'll say two things. But so the first one is that throughout the season, what I noticed is that the Eagles for the first half come out all guns blazing, and then seem to just take it not take. They take their foot off the gas a little bit in the second half, and they've done it so often all season. Now, they did that in the Super Bowl as well, but something was different with Jalen Hurts. And it wasn't just Jalen Hurts, it was a play calling in the Super Bowl. So I would make, I'm going to use this to make a case that um, there was a slight, maybe the experience of Andy Reid helped to get them over the line there. Because what we don't see and I don't know if we saw it in any other game whatsoever during the season, is the amount of attempts that Jalen Hurts dropped back to throw. Now, he's, you know, quite often he takes off or the Eagles just run with the ball. But in the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts had 38 attempts to throw the ball, completing 27 and 304 yards. That is not Jalen Hurts. That That's, I think he was slightly let down a little bit there. Um, but his Super Bowl performance, I think he did everything he could. You know, obviously it was a terrible Hail Mary and the fumble was quite bad. Apart from that, you know, he's, you're talking you're talking about the 103.4 rating, uh, no interceptions whatsoever, one touchdown, 27-38 for 304 yards. Jalen Hurts does not throw for 300 yards a game. It's it's not his game. He may be quarterback, but he's a he's a scrambler. He gets out of the pocket. He makes runs. He's fast. He's quick. He's powerful. And I think he was. I I think maybe the the play calling could have been a bit better for the Eagles. But Jalen Hurts adapted as best that he could. And I think he you know they still racked up thirty five points in the Super Bowl. Somehow they lost. Uh, overall the season, I'd say he's, I, I I give him a de- a guaranteed top five of um, you know in the discussion for MVP. Um, but I think he is the future of that franchise, and I think we're going to see him um, in the playoffs for years to come. And I think the Eagles just kind of need to make sure that he's got the pieces around him. But what, what do you think about him? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he played fantastically well, as he did throughout the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the Eagles have got a star in Jalen Hurts. I yeah. think he'll only continue to get better over the next couple of years. I, we've certainly mm-hmm. not seen the best of this young man. 
And um, I think they can be very, very happy going forward and uh, with this team uh, and looking, to, you know, to making, well, I, I don't want to say, I was going to say dominating. I'll, I'll pump the brakes on that one. Um, but certainly um, challenging in the NFC for many years to come. Yeah, you know, very competitive. Very, very competitive. Uh, so yes, there we go. That was uh, that was the Super Bowl on Sunday, the end of the season, Dave. I'm quite sad mm. about that. I'll be honest. Now it's a much, obviously, it's a much shorter show this week because we only have one game to talk about. Uh, but we are looking forward to the combine. Um, in the next yes. couple of weeks, we're going to be bringing back Ewan McPhail's draft day fails. Uh, as we look forward to the draft, so that's always fun, um, including a couple of absolute belters we've already come across. Some of these stories are just insane. Some of the trades mm-hmm. and uh, decisions and draft choices that were made. Um, but I think what we'll do now, Dave, is uh, we're going to be looking forward to the combine. Um, now, have you been keeping tabs on people in the college game? Only the quarterbacks, only because the quarterbacks. obviously, the yeah, only the quarterbacks. The reason being is because I've seen uh, mock drafts where there have been two quarterbacks going in the first round. I've also seen ones where there's been six quarterbacks going in the first round. So it could be a kind of back to business as usual, because last year, obviously, we only saw the one. And it was Kenny Pickett. That was quite an underwhelming draft for quarterbacks. But this year, uh, is going. I, I reckon there's going to be... A good few, there's going to be another good few trades as there was last year, but I think there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks involved. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I also think that the number one pick is good. I, I reckon there's going to be a trade there because I don't, everyone's going to be wanting the quarterback, uh, the, the top quarterbacks. And I think they all, everyone wants to beat the Texans because the Texans are going to trade for a quarterback at number two. I, I, I don't see how that's not going to happen. So if someone wants to trade the world for the Bears' uh, first pick, they're not going to go for a quarterback because I think Justin Fields is their future man. I I, I think it's very hard to kind of um, yeah. I I don't I don't see that. I don't see them drafting a quarterback. Number no, one well, who, that would be I, insane. I, there's very few. Um, there's very there's very few kind of standout positions that would go really well for the Bears. You know, I think they, they need kind of across the board, looking at uh, how they performed last year. I think yeah. they, they were, they missed you're, out a couple close ones, but yeah, they you're need right. something. I've, I've seen some people talking about them taking um, Jalen Carter from Georgia, yes. uh, who's a defensive yes. end. Uh, no, defensive tackle. He, he's pardon. a defensive tackle, yes. Um, he's a, he's also, a very good defensive tackle. There's also Will Anderson Jr., uh, from yes, Alabama, he, who Alabama, I think is a yes. outside, outside linebacker. Oh, and they don't call him that an edge, edge rusher. That's what they call he's, him. He's either an edge rusher edge or he rusher. can drop back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's no need for them. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, that there's two or three teams who'll be looking for quarterbacks. So there's no need for the Bears to select that guy first overall when they can easily trade down one or two places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think... Both Carter and Anderson will be available at number two, probably at number three, because I think if anyone's trading up, they're going to be looking for either uh, C.J. Stroud or the um, the the quarterback at Alabama, oh, um, Bryce Young. I think they'll probably Bryce, yeah, Bryce Young, be yeah. looking at those two. So I think the Bears could trade down to the third spot and and pick up another 
first rounder next year or maybe a, a late first rounder or, or even a, a another second round whatever they want to do i think they, they they have the luxury of doing that because even if they drop down to five maybe even six they'll probably still be able to get the guy they're looking at if they're yeah. not looking at a quarterback although i have seen some mock drafts uh putting uh, jalen carter as high as three third overall um, mm-hmm. because I believe the, the Cardinals, are they drafting third? Yes, Cardinals, they, which so, it's, yeah. Yeah, they 100%. might take someone like Carter or, or Anderson Jr. They might do that. So it really depends on who the Bears are looking at. Um, I so would, I think I, right, yeah. Yeah, I would make the argument. I think there's maybe three teams off the top of my head that are the prime contenders to trade for that first pick in the draft. Um, now, I, I was looking at the draft order, so I, I've... I reckon that the main two uh, would be the Falcons and also the Colts. Because if the Colts, I, I don't think, are going to move forward with Matt Ryan. So the Colts, I think, are prime contenders to move up. That would mean that the Bears move down to four and they would probably go for either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson because yeah. the Texans are going to pick a quarterback at two. And then the Cardinals will probably pick either do, Carter or Anderson th- uh, three. Do you think... Would it be daft of the Texans to move up one spot to guarantee they get their guy? Do you think they like maybe CJ Stroud? Or I think most people are saying Bryce Young. Do you think they yeah. like them so much more over the other guy that they would actually trade to move up one spot and give away yeah. another draft pick? I'd say no. I, I don't think that's the case because these are these are two... The, these two quarterbacks are two of the most, they're two of the highest prospect quarterback prospects that have come out of the draft. You're talking like kind of, uh, if it was just them on their own, you're talking about the hype of like Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrows. Because do, that's how, do you the, think the, so? it, last year, people were tipping them to, to be fighting out for the number one pick, for it to be the number one pick. And this year, they've, kept, they've kicked on and they're, you know, they I think they've shown that they are kicking on to another level because they are. Between them two, and I think the other one is, uh, is it Will Levi or Will Levis uh, out of, I want to say Kentucky. Yeah, I want to uh, say it's Levi's because that's Levi's, a better yeah. name than Levis. It's, it's probably, probably yes, Levis, Levis but, but Levi's is so much better. Yeah, so those are the top three quarterback prospects. Um, and I th- I think that um, it'll be Young and Stroud, and I think you're kind of flipping a coin which one you want to take forward. I think it, it will also depend on uh, the kind of structure or no, not the structure of the um, style that the new Colts head coach is going to go for, yeah. which is Shane, uh, Shane Ste- is it Steichen? Steichen? Steichen, Ste- yeah. We, you was, know, we the, really should research how to pronounce these guys' names before <laughs> we start talking about them on a podcast. He's, yeah, we are we are shockingly bad, but he's also he also comes into well, I say comes into the league. He he joins the head coach uh, group of thirty two as the joint youngest uh, head coach, yeah. along with Sean McVeigh and Kevin O'Connell, who are both they're all thirty seven years old. So that you know that that in itself is crazy. And there's ten uh, ten head coaches now that are forty or under. That has that's, never happened in that's the league. An inc- that's that's the best random stat I've heard. <laughs> oh, I, I, that, that, that's, I saw that earlier. That's just off the top of my head. Ten coaches are 40 or under. Yeah, I've just, I'm just getting up right now. So the other two that are uh, under 40, uh, there's five that are under 40 and five that are 40. So the other two are D'Amico Ryans, 
who's 38, and Mike McDaniel, who's 39. He doesn't Crazy, look 39. Crazy, isn't it? He doesn't. He looks 29. He looks about, yeah, I was going to say about 25 or something. That's ridiculous. Okay. Well, he seems <laughs> he looks younger than I, than I am, so that, that's a bit of a strange. But yeah, it's uh, that that's that's crazy in itself. You, 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 that that's never happened before. It's probably not going to happen for a while. But I mean, you know, everyone. It's it's. I'm go, I'm going to say it's a Sean McVay effect. Everyone wanted wanted their own Sean McVay, so they're all trying to go for it, and you can't blame them. Sean McVay's great, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a transitional period at the head coaching. At the top of the head coaching ladder, well, yeah. the top of coaching ladder, you can see it's a very weird. Um, and then, of course, you got Bill Belichick, who was uh, coaching cavemen. So you know, at the other end of the scale. True. Now, I mean, so uh, you 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 do have sort of opposite ends of the spectrum with the way teams look at coaches. So, for example, the Miami Dolphins have hired Vic Fangio as defensive coordinator. Yes, right. Yes. Huge, huge thing for them because the defense is what let them down. So to bring in Fangio, he'll fix the defense. I've got no doubt in my mind, Miami's defense will be uh, just a, a magnitude, an order of magnitude better than they were uh, through 2022. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, you then look at the the obvious name that's going to come up from here until he makes head coach is Eric Bieniemy. Yes. Now, yes. if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I don't want a head coaching gig. I want to. I want to stay in Kansas City, and be the offensive coordinator with Patrick Mahomes, and have Andy Reid as the head coach. That's what I want. If I'm Eric Bieniemy, I want that. Because why would you take a head coaching gig in this league? Seriously, why would you do it? You get anything wrong, buck stops with you. Mm-hmm. No, I agree you know? with that. Yeah. So. And I know people are going to say, well, Eric Bieniemy should be a head coach. And, and I think if, if purely on merit, yes, he deserves to have the chance to be a head coach. But if I'm him, I'm not taking it. I'm absolutely not. I'm saying I'm really, really happy where I am. Calling plays for Patrick Mahomes. Are you joking me? <laughs> He's in a, a perfect position. No one's going to turn around and say the enemy did the wrong thing uh, in, a, in, a, mm-hmm. in a play call when Patrick Mahomes can get you out of 99% of bad situations by himself. Fine. Mm-hmm. Because what, see when, when, when plays break down, you see Mahomes running around like an idiot, launching darts from being three inches off the ground. Um, no one says, that was a bad play call by the enemy. Nobody. And no one's ever said nope. that. It's <laughs> so if I'm Eric B enemy, and I hope you're listening, Eric, you probably are. <laughs> if I'm you, right, listen, listen to listen to these words. Listen to what I am telling you. Don't take a head coaching job. You, if you get offered one, turn it down. Just say no, thank you. I want to sign a. How long's my home's got left in his contract? Eight years. Yeah, sign an eight-year yeah. contract as the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what you want to do. Because I guarantee if Eric Bieniemy goes to another team, and because it'll be a team that's not very good. Because like the Eagles aren't going to sign him as their head coach. No. The Bengals aren't going to sign him as their head coach. The Bills aren't no. going to sign him as the head coach. The Ravens aren't going to sign him as a head coach. 49ers aren't, aren't doing anything. So where is he going to go? Houston Texans? Let's say, obviously, I know, you know, there are certain coaches out in that, but let's say he goes to a team of that ilk, that type of situation. 
You think he's going to have the same success as he's having in Kansas City? No. Uh, no, not, not even close. He's not. Now, he, he will improve the team, but he's not going to have the same success, and then he'll get the blame. Meanwhile, you could get a monkey to come into Kansas City, you know? You, you, you could get on a cardboard cutout to be enemy, stick him on the sidelines, and still have success with Patrick Mahomes. So, Eric, just stay there, stay where you are, pick up your paycheck, and just start building a trophy room for all the Lombardis and Super Bowl rings that you are going to pick up over the next eight years. Because I have no doubt in my mind, this Kansas City team is going back. They might not, they might not go back next year, or win it next year, but they will go back. It's through Mahomes' next eight years of his contract, or however long it's going to be, they will probably extend it. They mm-hmm. will go back to the Super Bowl. They will likely win another one, maybe another two in the next few years. Um, so, Eric, just stick with you, pal. I mean, Dave, do you have anything that you want to add to that? Do you? Do you? What, what would you do if you and Eric be enemy? Right, you've you've just been offensive coordinator for. Uh, one of the best offenses in the league for five straight seasons. Or is it six? No, when did he come in now? 20. He first started playing in 20... Uh, uh, when was he drafted? 2017. Yeah, I think so. So 2018, 19, 20, yeah. 21, 22. Five straight years, you've been the offensive coordinator for this team. Five straight years, you've hosted the AFC Championship game. You've got two Lombardies, two Super Bowl rings... What do you do, Dave? Um, because the Las Vegas Raiders have just come knocking, asking you to be their head coach. What do you do? Oh, uh, just as an example. Th- yeah, just a, uh, well, as an example, I think you just wait for an opportunity where you think, yes, I can do this. I have pieces to do this. I looking at any opportunities that you might you might have got this this year. I don't think there is any available. You know, you. Um, the, only, the, the teams that still have their head coaches that I'm sort of borderline surprised that they still do, um, obviously the Raiders, I, how Josh McDaniel is surviving, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to figure this one out. Um, the other one as well, I, I'm a little surprised the Saints um, are sticking with uh, Dennis Allen. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, they, you know they had they did have injury issues, but I I still think that you know that there may be it's e- either uh, Peyton is an absolute d- genius, or you know Dennis Allen might not have just got off to the best start. Well, but, I really uh, hope Peyton. Yes, I know which one you hope for. I, I, I really know really, which one. You really, hope. Apologies to Jake, but I really hope that Peyton is everything that people have said he is, and then he comes to Denver and. Uh, we stick it to Eric B. Enemy and his Chiefs. That's what, that's well, what I'm worried. Well, with that statement there, as as my old grand, rest in peace, said before, everything before the butt is, well, rubbish. You get you, you, Maybe not quite those words, but it was along those lines anyway. Um, I think the only one that jumps off, that, that kind of jumps off my head is uh, the Bears head coach as well. Is it Eberflus? Yeah, Matt, yeah, Matt, Matt uh, Eberflus. Yeah, Eberflus. Yeah, he's three wins. He only had three wins. Yeah. That, what was it? Three and 14 hmm. he had. Not sure how he is still head coach. I, the only thing is, so I think they're well, still recovering from Matt Nagy. See, that's the thing. Like, like I don't, I've said this time and time again. Um, I don't believe in firing a first 
year head coach, apart from Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, God, guys, like, <laughs> I, 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 after week one, he should have been fired. Anyway, um, but I, I have, I've always been an advocate. You know, you need to get, I, I tell fans, you need to be patient. You need to give your coach time. You need to give your quarterback time. You have to do this. Now, Nathaniel Hackett's an outlier. He was just god awful and just gone. Oh, how he survived past week one after that is well, beyond me. Do you know? Insane, do you know? Do you know, do you know, what, do you know what we're going to? I, I actually got. I, <laughs> I'm just. I'm talking nonsense now, right? So, I was talking to uh, uh, one of our listeners, mm. and uh, I was mentioning the fact that what what we'll probably do over the next couple of weeks. Oh, I should point out to our listeners, uh, we will be taking a hiatus. Uh, we'll be taking a two week break from the podcast uh and i will be coming back in pre-combine uh for sorry during the combine i should say for the mm-hmm. winnifel show so we will be having a two-week break um so apologies to our listeners for that but it, it, we need it <laughs> yes i need it <laughs> so yes, you um, need it, yes. we're, we're going to be doing, doing that we're taking a two-week break so there will be no podcast next week or the week after that so we will actually be back um on the podcast on the 8th of March. That'll be our, our next pod. Well, I'm saying it'll be recorded on the 8th. You'll be able to listen on Thursday the 9th. We're looking to improve a few things for the podcast um, so that we're going to hopefully be filming the podcast. You'll be able to get some YouTube shorts up there as well. We've got loads of great things happening this year. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening and sticking with us, but no podcast for the next two weeks. Uh, so there we go. Thanks for that. Now, um, Eberflus, Matt Eberflus, getting back to that. So I apologize, mm. uh, Dave, and I, I actually forgot what we were talking about. What were we talking uh, about? The, uh, sacking head coaches. Uh, yes. Um, so, no, or not, or not so sacking was, head coaches. Yes, so I was talking to, to uh, one of our listeners, uh, and I'd said what we might do uh, is actually um, revisit some of our takes. Uh, we'd mentioned this before from preseason last year. And we'll actually put it uh, a compilation uh, episode together where it's just, uh, you know, me obviously getting everything right in preseason. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, do, do, well, do you know what? I I really enjoyed watching Carson Wentz at the Pro Bowl. I, I'm, I'm sure you did. I, I, I said he would, and I was wrong. I, I'm mad enough to admit that I'm wrong. Uh, and I also, you know, said that the, the entire AFC West, all four teams are going to win, like, 14 games or something like that. I was, yeah. I'm, I'm slightly wrong. <clears throat> Just a hair out. Uh, yeah. but, but one of the things when I was, I was talking to, to this gentleman, I was saying, we're going to be doing some compilation stuff. So he says, oh, are you going to do a compilation of your rants about Nathaniel Hackett? <laughs> That's to, that show in itself. To which I said, <laughs> I don't think there's enough time to put that in one show. It would be about four hours long. I mean, it really yeah. would. Because... We all laugh and joke about it now, but at the time, that was the worst coaching decisions ever by uh-huh. any head coach, and it was the same guy doing it week after week after week. It was just it was diabolical to get Sean Payton in after that. Good lord, you know. I mean, 
help and me. worth is- worth the trade worth the trade i think as well i i think you've i think you've pulled it off i think the broncos have come out on top in that trade which is not something we said this time last no year. no you're right with the russell wilson trade i i'd said they gave up slightly too much for russell wilson in, in my mm-hmm. mind slightly uh I, in, yeah. in, in hindsight would you like to revise that word uh no because i I think we saw, you know, in the final week of the season, Russell Wilson can actually still play. Just not under Nathaniel Hackett. I think we've, yes. we've, we've, we've sorted that one out. Um, so I, I have faith Russell Wilson be, will be much better this year. Um, I have faith in Sean Payton. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, seeing this team. But yeah, I, we're, we're going to be doing a couple of compilation shows. So, I mean, I might try and put together a compilation of Nathaniel Hackett rants, but that could be a long show. Yes. That, that could just be four hours. I don't think that's fair to our listeners. It probably isn't. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll do like a, a, a shortest top five rant moments about Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> Although I yeah. can't do that because um, I think somebody else would actually need to pick those bits out for me because I, I to, to me, it just all melted into one. Last season was just awful. That, that was the worst that was the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, anyway, right. Sorry, Dave. Um, Matt Eberflus, let's get back to Matt yeah. Eberflus. <laughs> what were <what> we... <laughs> Just, oh. Yes. Uh, yeah. We so, uh, yeah. We're, you know, the, well, the example I was going to use that uh, to back up your statement, you know, that you, you should give time to the head coaches is Dan Campbell. I'm so excited yep. about the Lions next year. I'm really excited for the Lions next year. Uh, and you know they're keeping their key guys, their their key backroom guys in place. And aside from golf, they've got all the other pieces that they need. So uh, I, I mean, I, I'd burst out laughing if the Lions trade uh, or if the Lions go for a quarterback in the first round. I, I would nearly wet myself at that point if that happens. It's not going to happen. I think golf did enough last year because he was he was he got the protection that he needed to make these big plo- uh, big throws and big plays bet you never thought but, you'd be saying that eh? nope uh, oh. i think that was on, that was on the line that's that's on a kind of level par as carson wentz being in the pro bowl so um yeah i'm really excited <laughs> for the lions and as i sent a picture to you a few weeks ago i did buy a lions top you did buy a Lions top. I saw now, that. Do you very, remember? Very do you remember nice. the player? Do you remember the player I, that had that was on the back? I want to see. It was Andomagun Sue. It was. It was. Who yes. was? Who was playing for the Eagles in the Super Bowl? Of course, he was in the Super Bowl. Is that the third team he's played with in the Super Bowl? Did he lose the first two? He. Uh, he lost with the Rams. He lost he was, with he the Rams, up, but yes. then did he not uh, play with the Buccaneers when they won? Oh yes, he might have been the box yeah. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, so he's got one ring. I mean, one out of three. Yeah, I mean, he got there, so that, that's fair enough. But he's he's uh, yeah. I think it, it was at least one penalty that he gave away. Um, he's for, just, it, was it, yeah, he's just historically been a bit of a dirty player. Yes, yeah. I mean, it was it you was know. hands to the face, and I mean, he was trying to rip the guy's head off. Uh, it was, you know, I remember. And, <laughs> I mean, right, that, right. Don't get me wrong. There's guys who've been much dirtier than Indomitian Sue. Yes, historically, you know, um, Bill Romanowski. Oh my word, he was he was awful, awful. Player. Oh yeah, I mean, he was a great, still... he was a great player, but he was just horrendous. I to, mean, to yeah, you, you got you got you got these players that are, um, you know, they they they're always skirting the edge. Look at this year though. 
Who 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 was the one that got the highest rated cornerback this year? Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. Yeah. There you go. Always on the line. I mean, if yeah, not I'm, just... I'm not going to call him the dirtiest player of all time. But no, yeah, but yeah, he got he got his first all year in the league. Yeah, he first year in the league, and he's just yeah. he's that 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 was. Uh, and, and let's let's not forget mm. uh, Vontaze Perfect. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, a lot to answer for, in my opinion. Well. Yes. An awful um, lot to answer for. But we won't go into that. We won't go into that. Dave, um, it's it as I say, it's it's a much shorter podcast. Is there anything mm. that you want to add before we go into our final segment? Um, I don't really think so. Just I don't know. There, there's what maybe we just one or two um you know, free agency and trade rumors. Apart from that, you know, obviously with Derek Carr. Uh, another trade rumor though that I've seen is uh I, I don't believe it, but there's been rumours that there's been slight backroom inquiries for Lamar Jackson because he 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 turned down all contract offers so far with the Ravens. So there's talk that he may actually, well, or the Ravens, because they're refusing to make him the highest paid quarterback in the league, which I think he's, he's almost earned it. Maybe not quite Mahomes. You know, he's not better than Mahomes, but he's right up there. Yes, they're but let's not forget ab- that Mahomes has taken a very team-friendly deal. That this is true, yes. I know and Lamar backed himself. Yeah, I know it averages at fifty million a season. I, I get that from from Holmes, but um, see, like even even by next year, the year after, that's he he will not be the top paid quarterback in the NFL. No, like, he already isn't. Well, well Desha- 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 Deshaun Watson, of course, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson um, absolutely deserves. He, he is in the, the upper echelon of quarterbacks, elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I won't hear people say he can't throw the ball. That is garbage. He absolutely yes, he can. can. And he's also one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. I, I'd go as far to say he is. He is the best. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to argue with that. Um, I mean, Jalen Hurts already looks fantastic justin fields mm-hmm. breaking records uh cam newton had yeah, for, records lamar yeah, jackson's breaking cam, records um obviously we had michael vick as michael well vick but as well. i I, th- I think he's i think lamar's better than all of them he, I, he, I genuinely think that. He, he, he could be uh if he were to get traded lamar if that if, if these stories are true mm-hmm. and he just well can they franchise tag him again this year. One and more then that's year. it. Right. Got, it's year. only so this year, yeah. He, he may play under the franchise tag. He may. We don't know yet. If he doesn't, if they trade him, where would you like to see him go the most? Where do you Rams. think? Are you just ditching Stafford? Oh, for Lamar Jackson? Absolutely. That's about fair, enough, is... fair enough. Um, yeah. I'm going to... See, I would like to see him at a dome team. I think maybe like the Saints, the Colts, the Falcons. Because one of the things that Michael Vick had the advantage of when he played those years in Atlanta, Mm. the fast fields, the dome, turf, just making everybody miss. Um, And I think Lamar Jackson could benefit from that as well. Um, So I think maybe a dome team would really suit Lamar's skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would be terrifying, utterly terrifying, uh, in, if he played nine games a season in a dome. 
or eight games a season they're doing. Which I'll, I'll just be. And if you played in the NFC South, you'd be playing more than that because, you know, the Falcons are in a dome, the Saints are in a dome. You've got more. Uh, the, I, do, do you consider um, SoFi Stadium to be a dome? I know it's not. It kind of is. It's not, but it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think because of the si- sheer size of it, um, you know, the, you're not exactly going to get a gust of wind very often. Yeah. Uh, in, in California as well. You, you, you're in you're in Cali. You're in one of, if not the biggest stadiums, so like tall as tall stadium wise uh, in the world. Uh, you, it's it's hard to argue against. Um, so I think it's as good as a dome, to be honest. And I I, I mean I'd love to see Lamar there. It's not going to happen. But um, yeah, it would. Be, it's interesting to see because obviously you've got trade rumors with Aaron Rodgers as well. Yeah. And you know you've got Derek Carr leaving the Raiders, so Raiders are going to be in the market for a quarterback. I, I think um, I think Aaron Rodgers has kind of lost the plot. I mean, we said this last year, but I really think he's he's. Well, just we've gone. been saying this for the last couple of years. Yeah, he he seems to be getting. I, I don't use the word worse, but he seems to be getting worse. I'm going to say, it, <laughs> so I'm going to use it. He that I think he's really something you know not quite right there with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I bet you he would go to the Raiders. Uh, he, oh, yeah, absolutely. With Devontae Adams there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, don't don't forget, Jimmy G. Jimmy G's a free agent. Baker's a free agent. So a lot uh, of big Bucks, name free agents coming up. The Bucks will be, are looking for a quarterback. I can Jimmy G to the Bucks. Ugh. <laughs> Jimmy G will be sick of following Tom Brady and being there all the time, so... He, He'll be back in there, be back to his Patriots days. But yeah, I, I don't think Jimmy G signs for the Bucks. Uh, I, I, I can see him. Oh, but what? Well, actually, think about that. Another team that's in the market: the Jets, the Giants. Both New York teams are in for a quarterback because Daniel Jones isn't signing. And I was seeing rumors online that uh, Daniel Jones could command a. Salary of between thirty and thirty-five million, which I nearly fell off my chair. What, what for? <laughs> Just like, I'm not quite sure. I mean, thirty million Vietnamese dong, whatever they're called. I mean, come on, that's just <laughs> that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous, but that's the kind of money that Tanner holds on. But that's also ridiculous. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Yes, it's just daft, daft. Yeah, it is. Anyway, right, right, we 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 shall yeah. we shall go we shall delve further into the free agency once the um legal tampering, uh, which that sounds awful. The legal tampering was... window opens. <laughs> so, it's just it's they, I don't know who came up with that term. No, once 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 we've had the combine, we'll we'll dive. Yeah, into we can the, we can look into a, uh, and look yeah. into a proper. So Dave, uh, we will we will end it there. We will come to our last segment, and uh, it is of course. Random stats. Yeah. So would you like to give us your random stat? You know what? I will. I'll, I'll go. Uh, as, as you can I'm imagine. Glad. Though, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll take that one first. Now, as you, well, you know, I'm going to make a surprise. I'm going to surprise you with this random stat because this random stat is concerning the Super Bowl. Okay. I bet you didn't see that one coming. I did not see that coming at all. Did not come. No, not at all. Now, uh, in the Super Bowls, obviously we've got, we've got leading rushers now, and we've all, we've already said previously, and for weeks and weeks and weeks, one of the most kind of um, uh, in and out the door positions is the running back position. So they don't they don't get that highly paid. Yeah. Now, 
of the leading rushers in Super Bowl since 2014, only two players have had a base salary, a guaranteed money base salary of $1 million or more. So that's in the last nine Super Bowls. The leading rusher has only been paid $1 million or more in two of them. Now, that, that proves our theory about why you know yeah, the running backs go in and out all the time. And I, I just want to highlight the, those two players as well. So in 2019, the Chiefs' Damian Williams had a base salary of $1,050,000. Now, the following year, that's the only player that topped that with Leonard Fournette with a $2 million base salary. Now, the, the, the smallest amount base salary was Sony Michelle for the Patriots when they beat the Rams in, in 2018. But yeah, we yes. can move on from that one. Yes. But um, there was actually one player that had three years of being the Super Bowl leading rusher. Uh, and not once did he get paid more than $1 million as a base salary. Uh, so in 2014, in 2016, and 2017, Lejard Blount, do you know him? Um, Patriots. He was Patriots for two years, and then in 2017, with the Eagles, was the leading rusher in three Super Bowls. And yet, each year, what he got paid was 730000 760000 and for the Eagles, 900000 But, but Daniel Jones is worth $30 million. <laughs> Yeah, okay. No, no. Okay. Daniel Jones is worth $35 million. Oh, sorry, $35 million. Uh, uh, All right. $35 million, <laughs> yes. But, yeah, that, it's, it, it just shows, even, even though the, the, the numbers are just... I, I, it goes to show the... You know that with the quarterback, the individual uh, ability is so much higher, but it's the system for the running backs and for the rushers that I think are uh, are really reflected in the salaries. But yet, three uh, and the only person that was in between the, uh, his uh, leading rush years was 2015. Now, do you remember what happened in the 2015? Um, 2015. Oh, that was the year the Broncos won the Super Bowl. It was. Now, was, who was your running back? It was C.J. Anderson. It was indeed. Who came to the Rams in 2018 when we had a lot of, uh, well, we had Todd Gurley issues. Um, yes. But his base salary, he, 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 he was also the leading rusher in that Super Bowl as well. And his base salary was just over half a million. So it goes to show that I, th- I, th- I think the running back position is very undervalued. And I mean, this, this is, it, since, since 2009, uh, of all the leading rushers that I could find, it was the Seahawks with Percy Harvin, who had a two, who was the only player over $2 million, with $2.5 million. So, since two, uh, 2014, only two players have, have had a base salary of more than $1 million that have been the lead rusher in the Super Bowl. And even though it's a bit drawn out, that is my random stat. And a lovely random stat it was, Steve. I liked that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's 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 what it's one to kind of dig into. But I, I like like we've said before, the you know the running back one. It's you know if you're going out the door, you next next man up. So that's why running backs have to be really careful when they ask for an extension or ask for a, an increase in salary. So yeah, big big shout out to the running backs. Absolutely. Now, my random stat concerns the defense, and mm. it concerns the Super Bowl. 
Whoa. Yeah. See? Surprise. Huh? Yeah, of yeah. course. Now, we're going to talk about um, a player on the Kansas City Chiefs who, in the Super Bowl, had one tackle, one solo tackle. So, you could say he didn't really do an awful lot in the Super Bowl. And yet, and yet, this gentleman, by the name of Frank Clark, mm-hmm. is third all time in postseason sacks. Third all time in postseason sacks. And he started in 2015. He has 13 and a half sacks in the postseason. That's one behind Hall of Famer Bruce Smith. Two and a half behind the all-time leader, uh, Willie McGuinness of the New England Patriots. You also have on the list uh, at fourth, Terrell Suggs. You've then got Reggie White, uh, RIP Reggie White. At fifth, you have Dwight Freeney, Charles Haley, James Harrison, Clay Matthews, Lamar Woodley, Richard Dent. And then you have to go all the way down to 12th to Von Miller uh, as the only uh, active player in the top 20, the only other active player in top 20, he has 10 and a half sacks. Frank Clark has 13 and a half sacks in the postseason. Third all time. And that is my random stat. A nice wee short one there. It is, but I, I, yeah, I did, I did actually hear, I think, was it you, yourself that had mentioned that in the group chat? I, I, I might have heard on the telly, but um, what I, what, what I also remember, though, he was drafted by the Seahawks. He was, if indeed. I remember right. Yes. yes, yes. And he was. I, I feel like. Um, I, I think it was sort of around the time that the Rams Patriots, twenty eighteen, maybe twenty nineteen, that he went to the Chiefs, and he was one of the most underrated players that left after his rookie deal was up, you know, because he yeah, didn't take he, the fifth, he, the fifth year option. That's on That's right. He played the first three years with the Seahawks, 2015, 2016. Uh, 2017, he uh, didn't play in 2017, he played in 2018 and then for his fifth year he went to Kansas City, uh, but it was a mm-hmm. Kansas City where he sort of exploded, so his previous three postseason appearances 15, 16 and 18, he had one sack in each of those, so he had two games, two games and one game when he went to Kansas City, he had five sacks in three games in 2019 three sacks in three games in 2020 um, didn't uh, registered any sacks in 2021, but he had two and a half in the postseason 2022. And, you know, he's still got a lot of years left to play. Uh, oh, yeah. And if Kansas City, if he stays at the Chiefs and they continue to make the playoffs, he could easily, I think, go past uh, Willie McGuinness's um, uh, record for sacks all time uh, in the postseason. Uh, so I think he's, he's definitely with a shot there. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I, I was I was surprised. I'm very happily surprised when he when the Seahawks let him go because uh, I've just got his stats up just now. In his final year in Seattle, he got 13 sacks, and they didn't take him up on his fifth year option. No, they didn't. It's ridiculous. He, ca- he caused uh, three fum- three forced fumbles in his last season. He uh, and recovered two of them himself. He also got a pick as well. Um, yeah, it's just. I mean, yeah, I, you're, I, you're talking about a, a guy, one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL. They just let him go, mm-hmm. or or refuse um, to refuse to, to to pay him what he wanted or whatever. I I don't know the, the ins and the outs of it, but yeah, Frank Clark, um, fantastic player. And actually, that that brings me up to another one. Um, the the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know if you saw this or if you heard this in the Super Bowl. 
Um, they had the third highest sack total of all time in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And, and they, how many sacks did they get in the Super Bowl? Not a single one. Exactly. Yeah. Not and that I, I, I another I reason that, that they lost that game. Yes, uh, and can't the, get the thing is, they got pressure, but they didn't get to Mahomes. That's the problem. Yeah. You, you, if you know, it's all, all well and good pressuring the quarterback, but when it's Mahomes, you've got to get to him. It's it's just that simple because you know you've got the the players that they have on that defensive line. Now, there was more than one person uh, in in the world that put on a bet that the MVP of the Super Bowl was going to be a defensive lineman, but they didn't get to him. They didn't. They didn't get to Mahomes at all. And Hassan Reddick, who was, I think, was he? Well, he was in the MVP discussion. Yeah, and he was terrorizing the 49ers in the NFC Championship. Yep. But I think that's because the 49ers kept trying to block him with a tight end, and nobody else, yep. or just yep, not blocking him at all. Well, um, that's what you get. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, Landon Reid went. Well, we're not doing that. So it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> so, okay. That's not happening. Um, and the, the the blocking schemes they come up with in Kansas City just totally took that pass rush out of the game. And uh, yeah, there you go. I think so, it was it, the Super Bowl of the offensive line coaches. An our, offensive line was, dream. Yes. Uh, so there you are, Dave. That is the mm. end of our show. It's like the shorter show, as we've said. Uh, but thank you very much for coming along. No, my pleasure as always. Uh, as I say, we will be taking a two-week hiatus. So we'll be back uh, in March for our next episode for this year, it's going to be the 8th of March we'll be doing the recording. As I say, it'll be out on Thursday, the 9th of March, um, given the, the the fact that we have to record this and then get it all uploaded and everything by the time it's up, it's Thursday, until we actually start doing live streams, which will be a thing in 2023. We will be doing some live streams. Um, so once again, thanks to everyone who's uh, listened. You can catch us on Twitter at The WinFL Show. You can also catch myself and Dave on Twitter and Jake as well. Um, Tim still refuses to use Twitter, so that's fine. You know, one of those guys. Yeah, he's, he's, he's to Twitter what Jerry Jones is to the NFL. Just refuses to change. <laughs> Korea. <laughs> oh, well, Tim, if you're listening, you heard that. Hi, Tim. Hi, well, Tim. What, uh, what Dave just said about you there. Uh, but there you go. So thank you very much, everyone, for stopping along. And we will catch you on next week's edition of... Not next week's. Oh, my word. I've done it already. <laughs> It's not next week's. We'll catch you. It's not next month. Three weeks. Yes. Next three yeah. weeks. Three weeks times edition of the Win FL show.